0: This is the first time I've ever had to do this, so I want to get it right. Good morning, Mike Broomhead. Excellent job, Jeff. Thank you. Excellent job. I read it just the way you wrote it out for me. Thank you. Uh, good morning, everyone. Big day on the show. Governor Doug Ducey joining us in just about uh, 20 minutes from right now. He will join us for 30 minutes of the show up until the beginning of the 9 o'clock hour. So much to talk about. At 935, we talk with the sheriff of Lee County, Florida. That is where Hurricane Ian has decimated the Gulf Coast. And we're going to talk with him, like an update on what's happening with the cleanup. And uh, we also get an update on the first responders and how they are faring with all of what's happened in southwest Florida. We start the show off where you would expect with what happened yesterday and the uh, canceling of an interview to air with uh, Carrie Lake on PBS. Now, um, there's uh, to me, this seems so simple. Um, We do our best and we know you all know where I stand. I am an opinion person and I don't agree politically with people on the left, but I'm fair to guests. So I understand when people don't, you know, the the Senator Kelly doesn't come on the show. Uh, We've I've had Secretary Hobbs on in the capacity as secretary of state, I believe once or twice, but never as a candidate on this show. I have interviewed her for television. But not on this show. Her refusal to debate, Carrie Lake, to me, makes shows a sign of weakness. Unless you are just a diehard fan of Katie Hobbs, it is a sign of weakness that you won't debate. And I really think for the first time, I think PBS stepped in it this time. This is not a good look for them. Um, The deal was made. They, They offered a debate. They partnered up with the Clean Elections Commission to host a debate on PBS. And Simons does a great job with those debates. And Katie Hobbs was the first candidate to refuse to do one of those debates. So just like she did in the primary, where she would not debate her opponent in the primary, she didn't demand an equal time. She didn't ask for 30 minutes. He did a 30-minute interview, or however long it was, uh, Marco Lopez, and got his his airtime. Now... Since she was not going to show up for the debate at PBS, they notified her campaign and said, we are going to go forward with interviewing Carrie Lake. That's the right thing to do. And they said they were going to do that. And then when they're going to air the interview, they find out that they've made the same offer or whatever you want to call it, that Katie Hobbs is now going to get the same 30-minute interview. After she gets to watch the Carrie Lake interview and prepare to – and this may not be true, but it sure looks like it – she would have an opportunity to watch Carrie Lake's interview and then – Prepare to rebut those statements in a secondary interview somewhere else when she was the one that refused to debate. And the fact that PBS is doing this, I'm going I'm to let you hear a little bit of what people are saying, but I'm going to read the statement from PBS. Arizona PBS has offered both Carrie Lake and Katie Hobbs a 30-minute interview as candidates for governor as part of our Horizon News program. It is our responsibility as a news agency to provide the public with access to the candidates who are running for office so they can learn more and make informed decisions. Now, this is it, it, this is just uh the statement is just not right. What you you made you made an offer for a debate. One candidate refused. And it's happened to you before. Now, I don't know that they offered Katie Hobbs a 30 minute interview in the primary. I don't know that she wanted one in the primary. She was way ahead in the polls. So strategically, she's not a debater. This has nothing to do with Carrie Lake and her uh, her the craziness that Katie Hobbs says she brings to the to the debate and and um, so here is uh, here is what um, Katie Hobbs had to say. Carrie, Carrie Lake is once again creating chaos and proving that she has no interest in a real conversation about the issues facing uh, facing Arizonans. Lake is refusing to show up to speak to Arizona voters because she doesn't want to answer for extreme record. She's not refusing to show up. She showed up. She did the interview. They just aren't airing it. I mean, this is this is looks bad for Katie Hobbs. I think it looks really bad for PBS, who has built a reputation and well-deserved reputation of not picking sides and being fair, even if you think, well, they don't necessarily agree with this group or that group. Simons does a good job. I think he does for the most part. um, You know what? It's not an easy thing to do. I've been asked to moderate debates. I have moderated debates. But when I've done them, they've been in my party. So they've been in primaries. It's not an easy thing to do to make everybody happy but man uh, this is something else so a couple of things i want you to hear uh uh carrie lake talking about pbs
1: pbs has done the wrong thing once again and they have capitulated to katie hobbs
0: and I, i i i can't disagree with that statement and there's here's more
1: they are destroying the clean election debates that have been going on now for two decades and they're allowing one cowardly candidate to destroy this entire debate system
0: And I don't disagree with that statement either. If you are a candidate for governor and you refuse a clean elections debate, absolutely nonpartisan organization, and you refuse that debate, then you don't show up and the other person gets the limelight. Then you go behind the scenes and you say to PBS, I want my 30 minutes, too. And PBS caves in. Not only do they cave in, but they're going to interview Katie Hobbs after the Kerry Lake interview. Errors. So now not only does Katie Hobbs get the last word, she gets to watch the Lake interview and then write rebuttals and prepare to rebut what was said in those in those. That is that's like giving somebody the debate questions ahead of time. And I think that uh, Carrie Lake's campaign has every right to be furious about this. But I think the voters of Arizona ought to be furious about this. Everybody should be. And I can guarantee you this for all of the Hobbs supporters out there that are saying, oh, she's doing the right thing. I guarantee you if it was the other way around, if this was Carrie Lake just saying I'm not debating her, you would be calling her a coward and everything else that's being said about Katie Hobbs. This is absolutely the most important race in Arizona is who is going to lead the state as chief executive. And when you have one candidate refusing to debate, it looks bad. She knows it looks bad. Her people know it looks bad. And they're doing everything they can to offset that bad look. And she just got the help of PBS in doing it. I think it was an unfair thing for PBS to do. I think they, they really stepped in at this time. And for a, for an organization that's got an impeccable reputation, for the most part, I think, you know nobody's perfect. This is damaging to them. In my opinion, because they absolutely capitulated and clean elections, an organization, again, that's been doing this for 20 years, absolutely nonpartisan organization that was going to put on a fair debate. And Katie Hobbs refused to show up for that debate. You have an agreement as an organization at PBS with clean elections to host these debates, and then you do this behind the backs of the people at clean elections. It is something else. This is the Clean Elections Commission. I want you to hear what they had to say. We have a commitment, um, both under state law, but also to the voters to make sure that we carry out and execute our debates in a manner that does not show favoritism or bias in any way. And here's a comment from Clean Elections. The decision is disappointing, especially following the multiple attempts on behalf of all the partners involved in producing this year's general election debates to organize a traditional gubernatorial debate between two candidates. That's what Clean Elections said about this decision. Kerry Lake called it a slap in the face. And again, it is it is politics at its worst. Politics at its worst. The fact that you have you've made the offer To candidates and you set the stage for something that would be as fair as absolutely possible to both candidates and one of the candidates and it's not the first time that she's refused to debate. The last time PBS did a debate in the gubernatorial primary for the Democrats, she was a no show to that as well. And her opponent got that interview. There was no rebuttal interview. There was none of that. None of that happened. But now when the race looks like it is very, very tight and these kinds of decisions could make or break a candidate, this is what's happening. I think it's completely unfair. I think it was the wrong decision. And I think ultimately um, they're going to have to come out with more of a statement than they did about this. I don't know that it's going to blow over as quickly as they hope. Coming up, Governor Ducey joins us in studio. We're going to have a conversation with him about the state of Arizona. Arizona. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 923 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, let's get to it in studio. With me is Governor Doug Ducey. Welcome back, Great Governor. to be back, Mike. You must have heard me talking this morning about being
1: casual. You're wearing jeans. First I think it's the first time I've ever seen you in jeans. <laughs> no, I've, I've been in jeans a bunch. I haven't been here in the studio, but uh yeah, I'm gonna be out campaigning, so uh, getting ready for a long flight. Yeah, you're heading out, right? We're gonna I'm leading the RGA, the Republican Governors Association this year. We've got thirty six races across the country not only are we going to win Arizona we're going to win Michigan and I'm headed out there to help Tudor Dixon defeat Gretchen Whitmer that's going to be uh, that's an exciting race to watch uh, such a disparity in platforms there as well Tudor's a great candidate she's a great contrast and I don't think there's a governor in the country that behaved more poorly than Gretchen Whitmer during during covid she crushed the schools she shut down small businesses she told people not to travel and yet she left the state <laughs> to go visit at Florida yeah, and see was, her own father.
0: That was the funniest part about it, because everybody
1: criticized DeSantis in Florida. Not only did she fly, she went to Florida. She was a real hypocrite, and she's going to pay the price this November.
0: Um, let's talk about Arizona. Before we get into, specifically, your job and what's been going on, let's talk about the, what, the upheaval yesterday with the with PBS and Carrie Lake and Katie
1: Hobbs. Do you have an opinion on that? Oh, I, sh- I sure do. First, I want to say, I have always found PBS to be fair and balanced, and they made a big mistake here. You you just can't do this. You have a debate, you invite both candidates, one declined to come, so the other candidate, Kerry Lake, gets the stage. Somehow Katie Hobbs got that half an hour interview that was going to be solo post Kerry Lake's. It just seems wrong, and I think PBS needs to fix it. But can they? That's the question. How do you fix it? Well,. Katie Hobbs can show up in debate, or Kerry Lake can have that time. Right, and then they have to give that back. So, um, you know, the interesting
0: thing for me was it was going to be, the Katie Hobbs interview was going to be after the Lake interview aired, so it's almost like debate prep getting the questions ahead of time.
1: It, it makes no sense, and like I said, PBS and Ted Simons specifically have a brand of being fair and even-handed, and they made a mistake here, they should just rip the Band-Aid off and fix it.
0: And, and they've, they've lived up to that for the most part. We, uh, we agree. both would agree that they have, they have that reputation because they've earned it. This just seems
1: to be an odd mistake for them. I've been in that studio. I've had that experience several times, and I've always left. I may not have liked the questions, but I feel that I was treated fairly. They need to continue that, and they, they should address this r- right away because it's becoming a national story. And, and also, Katie Hobbs has got to show up for a debate. If you want to be the governor of the state, you have to be able to stand and deliver against an opponent. Th- that's been the price of admission for decades at all levels of, of our political atmosphere and she for whatever reason refuses to do it. She refuses to get in the arena. Yeah, she did it in the primary as well. She wouldn't debate in the primary either. That that was wrong as well. Somehow she won that primary. She's the candidate. She's the nominee for the Democratic Party. She needs to, to show up and and have the debate and the discussion with her opponent and I'm looking forward to seeing it. When you uh, When you were in that position This is just a a personal question. Is it nerve wracking?
0: I mean, as a moderator of a debate, I've got the questions in my hand. Is it nerve wracking to be in a debate situation? I
1: think if you're prepared, you're relaxed when you go in there. But the debates are high stakes. A lot of people are worried about many other things besides who's going to be the next governor, but they'll carve out the time to watch that debate to make a decision. Right now, Republicans are voting Republican. Democrats are voting Democrat. But it's the independents and the undecideds who are going to make the decision decision and that's where the debate matters and if you're prepared and you know what you're talking about and you have a plan for what you want to do in the state I've enjoyed all my debates, and with
0: the growing the growth in independent voters, that's such an
1: important demographic right now. It's an incredibly important demographic. I do think the one that wins the the independence is going to win because our politics are re- very tribal right now. And like I said, people put on a uniform, but about about a third of our state is a registered independent. So if you can win those independents, you're going to be the next governor or the next U.S. senator. Let's talk about Arizona in comparison with the rest of the country and what's happening at the federal level.
0: In Inflation is through the roof here like everywhere else, but everybody keeps saying that Arizona is so much better positioned to weather the storm. Why is that?
1: We are better positioned to weather the storm because our economy has been transformed. I mean, these companies, high-tech, high-paying jobs that have come here, that have invested, have raised our housing prices, have given us a, a atmosphere where everybody that wants to work can find a job. People are getting raises, they're climbing the ladder, and I don't want to see a down turn or a slowdown, but it happens in the business cycle. I think Arizona is well positioned to navigate through that and not participate in any coming recession. Cato Institute just gave you an A A grade in their fiscal policy
0: report card. Um, How meaningful is that to you?
1: Well, listen, Cato is a tough judge of governors across the country. When we came into office eight years ago, we had a $1 billion deficit. Today, we've got a $5 billion surplus. We've been able to lower our taxes to the lowest flat tax in the nation at 2.5%. Americans are voting with their feet, and they're moving in droves to the state of Arizona. So it's nice for them to to adjust the grade to, to an A. But I think the people of Arizona have seen that just with the great quality of life that we have here.
0: Let's talk about that, that tax, that flat tax, because it was expedited. You guys met some thresholds. So what's that going to mean for Arizona taxpayers? Well,
1: it means everybody's going to pay 2.5% flat tax next year. Everybody gets a tax cut, and Arizona today is the lowest flat tax in the nation. That low tax, light regulation, great educational choice atmosphere that we have here is something people prefer. It's why people come here from all over the nation. So you're getting a tax cut for next year, Mike. I hope you make more money, and you, you deserve more money, and so do all the hardworking people in our state.
0: And But at the same time, we have a surplus
1: in the budget. It's not
0: like we're losing money in the state coffers. They've actually gone up.
1: Well, every time we've lowered taxes in Arizona. We've received more taxpayers. And if you look, whether it's Kerry Lake or Katie Hobbs, both are calling for tax cuts right now in their future administrations if they do happen. I think that's a sign that not only is our budget healthy and growing in terms of of revenue, but people see other opportunities to continue to lower the tax burden on Arizonans. And that's really unusual for a Republican and a Democrat to agree on tax cuts.
0: Alright, so I'm going to take a quick break. And in a moment I want to I want to ask you about legacy a little bit because you're kind of getting to the end of the road here at your time. But I want to ask you, is it tax cuts or is it school choice that you're going to be most proud of when you leave office? So we're going to do that in just a moment. Governor Ducey can be with me for one more segment. So please stick around. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, few minutes left with Governor Ducey. Uh, so as we went to break, I asked you, what will be your legacy or what will you be most proud of? Would it be the flat tax that we have now, or is it going to be expansion of the ESA program?
1: Well, I think there's a good competition between those two accomplishments. I'm very proud of the flat tax, but the uh, expansion of school choice in Arizona, the fact that we're the gold standard for educational freedom, this universal ESA, educational savings account, is available to every parent in the state of Arizona. I really encourage everyone to take advantage of this if they need it, if you want to make a change in, in schools. And we're the first state in the country to get this done, Mike. So I think you're going to see this happen in other states around the nation. They're already doing it. They're
0: already modeling legislation after this here in Arizona. And I think it's going to be immensely successful in the competition
1: that it builds. It, it's a healthy dynamic, because we want to see improvement in K-12 education. Public education is about educating our public, and I want to say a real thanks to Ben Toma, who was a leader in the legislature in getting this done, Rusty Bowers and Karen Fan. Arizona's the first in the nation to do this. I think not only can this reform K-12 education, I think this can renew our nation. You were there when we signed this bill. Although it was only Republicans that wanted this school choice for our parents, I'm going to tell you there were plenty of Democrats that wanted to get this done. Janelle Wood, who leads the Black Mothers Forum, all the black pastors that were behind this. I'm very disappointed that the Democrats don't see this as something that our people need, that kids are trapped in these failing public schools, and now they have an option.
0: And to give a a working class family an opportunity to sp- send a child to a private school or to a different school where they would have never been able to afford or have that opportunity before.
1: And most of these Democrats that are opposed to it want to private schools themselves, right. yet they don't want to see their constituents have that same option. To me, it's a, it's a civil rights issue, and it's actually an equality under the law issue.
0: Uh, before I let you go, because we're getting close to wrapping it up, uh, Vice President, former Vice President Pence was in town talking about education expansion, but he also gave his endorsement to Blake Masters. I think... I think Masters is the first person, at least in Arizona, that's gotten the endorsement of
1: former President Trump and the former Vice President Pence. Is that meaningful? Oh, it's very meaningful. And it was really great to see Vice President Pence. We were together when he endorsed Blake Masters. I thought Blake, hands down, won that debate. Uh, So if people want to check out Blake Masters, go and check out that debate. Blake's stance on, on the border and Mark Kelly's absence on the border, as well as inflation and rising crime and fentanyl, we need a change in the U.S. Senate and Blake would be a refreshing change. All right, i got about 30 seconds. Happy with the results so far at the border with the containers down there and the, and that temporary structures that are being put in place. Happy with the results? Well, I'm happy with the results. We're slowing the cartels down there, but we don't have any help from the federal government and we've got the migration just overflowing, so we're able to introduce More fentanyl, and we keep that away from the kids. But Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have to let the rest of the world know that the border's closed.
0: Well, I hope this isn't the last time you're going to be in studio before you're done. I'll be in that anytime. All right. All right. Thanks. That is Governor Doug Ducey joining us for a few moments. Coming up, beginning of the next hour, uh, we are going to talk about inflation numbers. We've got to talk about our economy and where it's gone. So, all that's happening right around the corner. So, please stick around.